Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Say it like it is, Colton won this game for UCF. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I am your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, um, the best part of our show tonight is a quick word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Uh, football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. I'm going to be honest, if you could hear it by my voice, I don't even know if I'm going to have one tomorrow. Uh, it was a roller coaster of a game. It was Louisville 2.0. The only difference, we came out with a W. A lot of stuff we're going to get into tonight. <laughs> a lot. Hopefully, we can keep this short because uh, it's 11-19. We have no updates about John Rice. Hopefully, while we record this, we will have an update so we can give it to you. Um, want to bring in obviously my co-hosts for tonight, uh, Mr. Robert Husby and Nick Geddes. Boys, we texted throughout this entire thing. I, we were invited to several um, watch parties and places to go watch the game. I had a feeling I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay home. I don't know if I want to go out and watch this one. Thank God I didn't. Um, I think I banged my head up against a. Uh, see, I banged my head. I can't even think straight of what I banged my head up on. Uh, a door, probably like five to ten times. Um, screamed multiple times. Uh, again, one of the weirdest games I can ever remember watching, not just for UCF, but football in general. With that being said, Nick Geddes, how are we doing tonight? I don't know. <laughs> I genuinely don't know how to feel after this game. We're going to get into it. There's a lot to cover. I think from this game, you said it, this was one of the weirdest UCF games that I've tuned into. I expect if you listen to any of the previews that we did on this game, I expected it to be weird and wacky. It was weird and wacky from the first drive of the game. And it was a roller coaster of emotion. You had frustration, you had anger, you had disbelief. And then at the end, you had just like a moment of XL when Colton Boomer, boom, baby, boom. The MVP of UCF's team, make no mistake about it, comes through all night long. Unbelievable job by that kid. And so, yeah, I don't know how I feel. I still don't know how I feel at coming off that game. Yeah, I think we're going to talk through it and kind of get a good idea. Again, just for an idea of our personal life a little bit, Nick has a dog. The dog just got... A- Nixed, so uh, might be crying in the background a little bit. Just letting you know, I apologize. I'm doing my, I'm, I don't care. I'm doing my best to keep him at bay. I'm doing my. And best. I'm gonna be honest. 
I wasn't recording my audio for the first couple minutes, so if the audio just switched and it sounds cleaner, that's why. I, I'm I'm just rolling with the punches tonight. We're not we're not I, you know just like the game. <laughs> Crapshoot. All right, Mr. Rob Husby. Rob, he also has a dog. You might hear that dog bark too at some point in this pod. How are you tonight? Yeah, the do- the dogs I think are uh, feeling about how uh, we are after this game whining. It sounded like me most of uh, most of this game. I'm I'm you know what I don't know I I don't know what to think. I think I'm with you guys. Uh, am I confident going into? I mean, it's Villanova, so I'm still a little confident. But am I confident for when we get into Big Twelve play? Uh, probably not so much. I mean, there's a lot of questions. The defense wasn't perfect. The offense certainly wasn't perfect. A lot of the play calling was very questionable at best. Um, but man, Colton Boomer, I mean, Sean, you said it right at the beginning. I, I believe, is that the first official uh, curse word we've said on this podcast? Uh, it only took... Well, it got bleeped. We It got yeah. bleeped. You guys got to hear yeah. me say it, but it got bleeped. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, it only took over 60 episodes to get to that. But hey, listen, uh, there's a first time for everything. But no, I mean, I, I don't know. This this was a wacky game. And I think when we were texting earlier in the game, Nick kind of said it best. If this was a few years ago, uh, I, I believe it was Nick that said it. it was, if this was a few years ago, we've seen this type of game before. This would have been UCF losing. Uh, you know, if it was against Pitt, if it was against Louisville last year. This would have been a game that gets down to the wire, and we probably would have lost uh, at the end. So that's the that's one of the nice things you can say about this team tonight is at least with the their identity this year, uh, they're coming out the vict- uh, the victor on the road here. But yeah, just another ugly road out of conference game for UCF. If you guys see me check my phone, it's literally just to get updates to see if we hear anything from Gus Malzahn. Again, it's about eleven twenty three, and we have not heard anything. All we know is JRP. Uh, was on crutches leaving the stadium and we kind of I saw there was a video of him walking off the field having to get help by trainers Um, we could talk John Rice Plumley because honestly probably the brightest spot other than the defense which I see people talking crap about the defense I think that's ridiculous Uh, John Rice Plumley came to play every question that we kind of had about John Rice and what is he going to be like in the big time moments is he going to step up to the plate in a big time game uh, regardless of what you think about Boise, which again, I heard from multiple people, they didn't view Boise as a big-time game, UCF this, UCF that. John Rice Palmer came to play. Uh, was he perfect? No. But at the end of the day, when, again, you have a quarterback that has the ball every single possession, basically, you're not going to be perfect. But I think offensively, you can't ask for anything more out of John Rice Plumley than what he gave you tonight. Uh, I think passing-wise... I, I would probably rate that as one of the better passing games that he's had. Um, obviously, a couple balls that were really high early on. The interception um, at the beginning of the game was not his fault. That was on Kobe Hudson, even though, again, it was a little high. It's a ball you got to come down with. Obviously, the Javon Baker, crazy. I can't believe that actually happened, and I saw that with my eyes. Um, playing the end zone, that was a perfect thrown ball. It just a miscommunication not even miscommunication just a blown play by Javon Baker so we can go probably for the next 20 minutes talking about how good John Rice Plumley was tonight and how great he played but unfortunately we're going to be talking about the problem that we've been talking about for a year now and the problem that was last week where John Rice Plumley does not slide and what happens when he doesn't slide is he takes bad hits 
um, awkward hits, and does awkward things with his body that end him up hurt and, and bruised up. And tonight, a clear targeting play. I don't care what anybody says. Clearly targeting. Did not lead with the shoulder. Led with the helmet. Didn't get called because he didn't slide. And now, his... Be- uh, I don't know what it is. You know, for all the UCF fans or if you're fans going on and saying it was your ACL, we are not doctors. We do not know what happens. We have no idea what's going on inside his body right now. All we know is it looked bad. So... I don't want to really go into, oh, what you know, what's the future look like without John Rice? I want to leave it to, we can focus on tonight, pray, praying for John Rice's health and hope that it is nothing serious. Because at the end of the day, if it is a torn ACL, nobody wishes that on this kid at all. And he had a great game. He was the best player on offense and it wasn't even close. Nick, give your take on John Rice Paul, me this game. Listen, we are fair and honest about John Rice. We call him out when he does not play to the standard we expect. Tonight, he played up to that standard. And if UCF does not have John Rice Plumley moving forward, that is a huge loss for this UCF football team. Yeah, I'll get to the the injury part of JRP in a sec. But just from the on-the-field product, and I feel like I've been pretty hard on JRP. I've gone on record to say that he's one of my biggest concerns about this team. Uh, but tonight, I thought he played really, really good football in some tough circumstances. And those tough circumstances... I thought were some very questionable play calling throughout where it felt like UCF was taking the ball out of his hands on some of the most important plays. You had some other guys on the team where it looked like we just didn't know what was going on, i.e. Johnny Richardson on a few plays, uh, just little things that kind of impacted them. You guys already touched on the Javon Baker drop in the end zone, which I think was one big collective WTF. Are we watching? And it felt like that was the moment where we were like, we're going to lose this football game. We're going to find a way to lose this football game. It's a shame that two interceptions go on his record after tonight's game because he honestly played turnover-free football the entire game. He played really, really well. And so I'm sad for him for what happened at the end. Uh, But listen, we've talked about it. The coaches have talked about it. He's talked about it. You've got to slide at some point one hit is going to take you out. And, you know, I said this, or I don't know if I said this to y'all. I almost gave him a pass for that one at the end of the game because they were trailing. He's trying to make a play. It seemed like it was kind of an awkward spot to try to slide. If that makes sense, I'd have to go back and watch the replays again and really break it down from just from first time seeing it. I thought it was okay for what he did. It just so happened that that was the hardest hit that he was going to take. And it was helmet on helmet. I'm still trying to ask myself why that's not targeting. I, I still can't make sense of it. I watched a lot of college football today. I saw some very, very questionable target calls that made no sense. That one, I heard the explanation the explanation from Dean Blandito because he didn't slide. Apparently, that dictated that it wasn't targeting. To me, helmet is on helmet on helmet. It is it should be called. So. You know, we already heard that he he left the stadium on crutches. We saw the obvious limp had to come out of the game at the end. You just hope that guy gets better, and that's not the way it goes out. Again, we're not going to – I'm not going to speculate. We're not doctors or anything, but, you know, you look at it, it just did not look good. It did not look good, and, yeah, it, it just it just did not look good. And so you just have a lot of, a lot of you know, thoughts and well wishes going out to that kid right now. 
yeah, you can really just hope and pray that everything's all right or it's not as serious as it looked. Um, again, if you are a UCF fan, do not feed into the easy thing that you could do, which is go on Twitter and say it's an ACL or go on Twitter and say it's this, right? We're not doctors. Uh, he doesn't need to be reading that on Twitter, uh, especially since I don't think he's probably going to get an MRI until he gets back to Orlando. So try it. I know you're, you guys are probably seeing this on Monday. So at this point, we probably should know what it is out of John Rice. I certainly don't think you'll see him at Villanova. Um, and potentially you probably won't see him for a little bit, but we're not going to get into it. Um, we will kind of talk about that on our preview show on Thursday. Um, once he's either ruled out or is playing, who knows, but John Rice played exceptional. Nothing bad to say. He was the best part, like I said, of the offense. Um, and I think, again, like you said, Nick, certain moments you took the ball out of his hands. And I think the big thing in this game that was the most, you were just shaking your head like, what are we doing? And it was the problem last year is you move the ball at will. UCF moved the ball at will this game. Boise couldn't stop them. UCF stopped themselves. You get into the red zone or you get close, and there's either A, a mistake. So, and again, that's not Henshaw's fault. Fault Like, for everybody online, again, saying, hope oh, it's Gus calling plays, UCF should have had 35 points in this game. Like, hold like it is. UCF was moving the ball at will. It was errors by the players. Now, towards the end of the game, and there's sometimes in the red zone, there were certain things called... That makes absolutely no sense. You don't need to do all these trick plays. They clearly, Nick, you texted and said, oh, they clearly want to get RJ to throw this this ball, like throw some type of pass. It's not working. Like, stop trying to get RJ Harvey. To, we get it. He used to be a quarterback. You're trying to get a trick play in. Teams have seen it multiple times. I texted in the, the, our, our chat. I said, teams saw last year, RJ Harvey had a bunch of plays where he threw the ball. So teams are getting ready for it. They know, okay, if UCF is going to run a trick play, it's going to be R.J. Harvey throwing the ball. So, Rob, obviously, again, I think the offense dominated. If we look at just, you know, team stats, I'm trying to get it pulled up. But if I am correct, I mean, UCF dominated. Like, when it came to yards, I mean, they had 530 yards of offense, uh, over 200 yards both passing and rushing, uh, 23 first downs, Boise at 22. Um, didn't love the third downs. They were better at the end of the game. They were four for 10 on third down. The big thing right here, two for five in the red zone. And even that's, it, it, it sounds better than it was. I mean, it two for five, I guess, is still bad, but it, it's better than it was. So even after all that, they had 530 yards of offense. So kind of what, you know, you, what do you kind of epitomize the problems to? Is it just boneheaded play calls? Was it the players um, ultimately coming down to it, making you know boneheaded decisions? Is it coaching or is it just the players on the field? No, I think it's a mix of both. Um, you know, I mean, you cite the Javon Baker drop in the end zone. I mean, that was just one of the worst uh, attempts at a catch I've seen. A touchdown catch, no less, uh, at that, where he just kind of bobbles it in his hands, thrown perfectly right in his hands by JRP, pops up and then gives it right away to uh, the defender for an interception in the in the end zone. And it's just like, you just shake your head at that and you say, 
man, it's just one of those games, one of those games where everybody's got butterfingers, everybody just can't get their gloves around the ball. And it's it's crazy to, to see stuff like that, especially because, you know, a guy like Javon Baker is supposed to be your best receiver. We saw him earlier in the game go up for that 50-50 ball. Uh, and it was, I mean, just a beautiful catch, like highlight real catch. And then an easy walk-in touchdown and he completely drops it. Not only that, pops it up for an interception. So a bit of that, you saw it out of Johnny Richardson too, just losing yardage because he's kind of lost and he's backing up uh, behind the line of scrimmage and just not not doing what he's supposed to do and an off game from him. And I think that was the case with a lot of the guys. Um, I thought Kobe Hudson played well, so he was definitely – a bright spot on the offense, but yeah, just a lot of miscommunication between uh, some of those plays and and the wide receivers um, and even some of the running backs. But no, I, I think this is definitely had UCF lost this game, I think you would have been pointing the finger at uh, you know some of the offensive play calling as well. I mean, just a lot of those wildcat plays, a lot of those trick plays, just not working, and UCF being stubborn. Now, listen, a wildcat play ended up scoring a, a touchdown for UCF, but at the same time, it's you know it's it's a lot of just when you're when you're down in the, pretty much the entire game, you're losing pretty much the entire game uh, and you haven't have yet to score a touchdown and you're continuing these trick plays and continuing these uh, you know these these crazy formation plays. It's just it's frustrating to watch because at a certain point that those trick plays become predictable and and teams start reading it and picking up on it. So um, you know ultimately it ended up working out for UCF, but yeah, I think just the entire play calling uh, and and wide receiver play this game just was was frustrating again some big yardage plays uh from ucf but uh, a lot of those times they'd get those big big yards and then proceed to go three and out so it just a lot of it just did not convert and one stat i did want to bring up before we switch i mean uh we mentioned this kind of earlier in the night when we were texting um a stat from last year, UCF was one of the worst teams, I think the worst team uh, in terms of offensive turnovers in the red zone last year. Uh, and, they're, and they're continuing that trend, two for five in the red zone. That's that's unacceptable. And for a team that has this much talent offensively, it's it's, it's unacceptable. And it's going to lose you a game in the Big 12. Stole Nick's stat. Look at you. Stealing I know. I, know. I, I said I said we mentioned it in our group chat. I did not say I came up with that. They mentioned that. Um. So, again, this might feel like a Sean Rant episode just because I... So, the announcers, first of all, FS1 announcers for this one, horrible. They were terrible. Uh, I thought they were great. great. No, they were terrible. Um, I I don't don't know who the play-by-play guy was, but I thought he was very interesting. He was into it. I think it was... They're very animated. The color was bad. Um, So, I'll say this. I have no problem with the Wildcat. I know a lot of people are like, what are you doing? Like the fourth and one or the whatever call where Jordan McDonald didn't get it, right? I have no problem with the Wildcat, okay? Because at the end of the day, if you go back last year and tally, every time the Wildcat worked to a T and every time it didn't, I think it's probably 90% the Wildcat worked every time, right? So I have no problem with running the Wildcat. The announcer's like, you take out John Rice Plumley on a big play and you take out your best player. I, I That's where I'm like... See, you don't watch, you clearly didn't go back and do your research because if you actually watched UCF and did your research on the team, you would know Wildcat is one of their most successful plays on a fourth and one, third, third and one, third and two situation. I had no problem with that. Johnny Richardson, I have a huge problem. It's again, this is probably why he is not the starting back every single week. He does not make good decisions in certain moments. Like, he is so focused on hitting a big play every time, which is great. 
But unfortunately, it's hitting the right hole. Darren Hinshaw brought that up, that Johnny, it was really figuring out how to hone in the speed and realize what holes to hit. One play, he should have went to the outside, cuts in, gets tackled. The other play, hits to the outside when he should have cut inside, gets tackled behind the line. Putting UCF in the one time, gets the handoff, has a first down ready to go in trips. Johnny Richardson had an awful game in my opinion. He made some good runs. He did. Like in, in that third and fourth quarter, he really hit some big runs. UCF was impending their will on Boise in the running game. But I thought it was a bad effort out of Johnny Richardson after, again, a good week last week. I would have liked to see DeMarcus Bowman. That's just me. Kobe Hudson, I think Kobe Hudson had his best game as a Knight. This was his best game. I can't remember a game last year that there was any better. He got open tonight. He caught the balls. Obviously, I get the first, you know, the one in uh, in the red zone where he tipped it up and he should have caught it. I get that, but he came up in big time moments. And if John Rice, the literal only really bad play where is the one that John Rice missed him down the field, again, credit to Kobe Hudson. Nick, I'm going to let you speak because I know you definitely have stuff to say. But those two players, I think Kobe was the best player on offense besides John Rice. And Johnny was the worst player on offense when it came to in-game management and understanding down and distance. Yeah, the three three plays you brought up from Johnny, especially, uh, and I think it might have been in the second quarter there where they were down in the red zone. And I just don't know why he decided to cut outside and he had the inside lane wide wide open and he could have gotten the easy first down and probably a couple yards after, to be honest with you. Uh, So a couple frustrating plays there, but you mentioned I thought Johnny had some moments. I thought especially later in the game where UCF really decided they were going to run it down Boise's throat and you were kind of getting that one-two punch of Johnny Richardson and RJ Harvey going. I thought that was really cool to see. Uh, the, the, the only thing I will say, and Kobe also too, don't want to not, 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 not mention him, uh, Kobe Hudson. He definitely was the A target tonight. And that's kind of what I said. You have three guys that could be the A target on any given night. Tonight it was Kobe. That was good to see. But it was a little shocking to me is where was Xavier Townsend in the game plan today? Because we all watched the first game, and I know it's Kent State, but Xavier Townsend was the best player on the field. And then tonight he had one target, if I'm not mistaken, one catch, and then he had the one run that went for almost 40 yards, and that was it. So that really didn't make much sense to me. It felt like it was literally the ball was going to one of two guys, and that was Kobe or Javon. Uh, and then Demarcus Bowman, who I think we've all been kind of clamoring to see more of, he's out there for the first drive of the game, and I'm like, okay, he's out there earlier, and he gets the 11-yard run, look good, and then he's MIA. There was like no sign of Demarcus Bowman after that. In fact, actually, I think he was the decoy on RJ's touchdown run. Actually, going going across the formation, I think that was the next time that I saw Demarcus. So. A little bit of questionable decisions there just from a personnel standpoint and who to get involved. But uh, I thought RJ was – he did his thing. He Not one of his better games, I would say. But it seemed like UCF, the offensive line, wasn't opening up many holes and he was making the most of what was there. I thought Johnny was doing that as well. Uh, it was not perfect, boys. <laughs> it was not perfect. <laughs> There's not much – it's hard for me to – you know, not that I'm grasping at straws or anything, but – there wasn't much good to go around outside of John Rice Plumley. I think we can probably just say that. No, and you're 100% right, which I don't think, you know, I'm not going to say uh, any of us would have said that, but 
it's the fact like John Rice played really good today. I will say this, like it was 10 to nine that game for like the longest time. And it's like, if you would have told me we'd be, it'd be 10 points Boise had in the fourth quarter. I thought we'd be up by 30. That's exactly how I thought that game would have gone. So it was just kind of interesting that those two teams, they found, we were talking about shootouts and high scores and all that. And we ended up in a dogfight where it was like, does anybody want to score? Anybody? Let's talk about Colton Boomer. I, you know, cause I'm going to like, we should have started with it, but I think just John Rice being hurt kind of clouded what I should be talking about. You know, Colton Boomer, you know, no offense to Daniel Barsky, right? Because I'm never going to bring down a former knight. Daniel Barsky, that kick many years ago gets Memphis. I was having PTSD in this moment because I was, I'm like, okay, kick to win the game. He's drilled him. The altitude helped draw, drew the, or like killed the 55 yarder, killed the 50 yarder. And you're sitting there and you're like, this is kind of supposed to be a gimme to win the game. And in a hostile environment in week two, game, see, not even season on the line, because really at the end of the day, it's not your season, but big game on the line. And obviously, I think we all thought it wasn't good at first, but then just. It, it makes the turn and it goes in. For a second-year kicker to have that confidence, I know we all kind of loved him last season because he was so accurate and made it when it when it mattered. For him to actually prove it tonight and to win the game for us. Like, at the end of the day, offense was not getting it done in the red zone. And Colton Boomer did what he needed to do. He hit the long ones that he needed to make for him to stay in it, Right. He hit the game winner, regardless of how close it was. They tried to ice him. He got his practice shot in, which was perfect. And then he he drilled it on the second try. I don't think I can say enough good things about Colton Boomer. I know he's Nick's favorite. Um, and he's our favorites. I think we all need to buy a Colton Boomer jersey. Um, actually, a guy on Twitter. I'll read your comment now because, you know, it's it's the perfect time to say it. But um, I put out a tweet asking about people's, you know, just thoughts after the game. And we got a one saying, need to buy a Boomer jersey ASAP at Caden Carter, uh, Carter 318. Damn right. Um, friend of the show, Tyler Karen, who was just on, he was wearing a Colton Boomer jersey today. I think he's the reason we won. Um, but yeah, guys, give your thoughts. Rob, if you want to go first, obviously specialists don't get talked about enough. I think in this moment when a guy goes 12 of 18 or scores 12 out of your 18 points, you know, I'm not going to say he does everything to win you the game, but he he won you the game tonight, especially when you can't do anything uh, in the red zone tonight. No, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, what else is there to say when that guy is, you know, crushing these kicks? One of them is, you know, uh, closer in the end zone. But I mean, two, one was a 55 yarder. The other one was a 50 or 51 yarder. Obviously, the high altitude helps. And so that elevation, you can get under it a little bit more and it'll carry. But I mean, come on. I mean, that's just he's nailing that one. And that 55 yarder, he could have kicked probably a 60 yarder with with the elevation up there. So he, he's just so consistent. He's so accurate. And again, you know, a few years ago with the kicking situation, again, not throwing shade, Daniel Obarski, even after the game on Twitter was uh, like, even complimented Colton Boomer. I mean, there's nothing else you can say. There's, there's, this is a guy that is accurate with all of his kicks and he's, 
a big deal for this team. Again, you put up 12 of those points and he's <laughs> been your most efficient offensive piece and he's not even playing, uh, you know, those kind of minutes. But it's, it's just, it's incredible to watch and to, to lead that game winning kick. I mean, it's just, it, it, there's not much to say. That guy is, is ice in his veins, calm, cool, collected and great addition to the squad. He is, he is one of the more important guys on this team right now. Yeah, uh, kicking bombs and kissing moms. I mean, man's got That's right. man's got confidence. He does not let it waver. Um, it, it's impressive again out of a I think nineteen year old to go in a moment like that and make it. Nick, obviously, if the dog is okay, but uh, go ahead and kind <laughs> I of. I know I'm like doing my best, and I'm like he's like sitting under my desk right here, and I'm like doing my best to like keep him from like licking himself and everything and i'm trying to like focus on the pod it's just it's, uh, everywhere it's right all right <laughs> it's it's just one of those nights it is one of those nights night nation i mean it is it is this is one of those pods um you are you've been a colton boomer stan we have two but your love for colton boomer has you know transcended oh, I, uh, I just love this pod i just love good kicking because you know hashtag college kickers it comes out every single saturday if you if you saw the north carolina game it was so prevalent right there and they still won huh they still won yeah in, yes. spite, in spite of uh just yeah. like just by the way i was gonna bring this up you know, thought you were gonna tell the folks you've mentioned that we won because tyler had the uh the colton uh, boomer jersey on i, I mentioned thought, it i thought you were gonna mention what we won in spite of tonight we're not gonna mention it we'll just let the we'll just let the people guess what what that is but i said i would only bring it up if we lost so you're yeah, lucky. We will not. Yeah, we will not mention it because we won the game. But you guys can all just guess in the comments what we won in spite of. But continue your Colton Boomer love fest. No, but I mean, I mean, it's only so much you can break down from. I know from, from kicking, but I will just say this. I mean, in that moment, first kick of the season, by the way, it's like here you go, kid, fifty yarder, sink or swim, right down the middle, and that thing was good. I thought from like. 57 58 and then he comes back out with the 56 yard or whatever it was and i was like that thing was good from like 65 like the guy's insane he's got he's got such a great leg i I just love i love having such a dependable kicker in college football that is such a huge huge weapon and it was a difference in this game it was quite literally the difference in the game was colton boomer mvp of ucf no doubt about it well, and I yeah, you're right. There's not much to go into specialists. That's why it's not a huge talking point on the show. But I will say there were moments that in this game where Gus went to the kicker where I, in last year he would have went for it. Maybe wasn't too confident, went out of range, whatever it was. But there were moments in this game where Gus trusted Colton where I'm like, oh, I'm surprised they're not going for it. There's the one where they had the the false start, which the offensive line, I'm going to be honest, needs to clean up the flag. Marcellus Marshall is jumping way too much. Again, I'm not trying to be negative Nancy here, but he was jumping like almost every play. Uh, so that needs to get cleaned up. But I will say, I think Gus trusts the kicker, and I think we all trust him now too. Kicked in a big moment. Shout out Colton Boomer. All right, let's go to the defense. Uh, because again, I saw a lot of people, I get it. They, they let up that the last touchdown. There's no question you can't give up a touchdown in that big moment, 100%. But at the same time, 
should UCF, should the game have been that close to where if they gave it up, we'd be down. Like the defense, in my opinion, played really good tonight. Uh, 384 total yards for Boise. It's a little too much, obviously, but in regards of this game specifically, I think they played phenomenal. The only thing that they kind of let get out of hand was Ashton Genty. He was the UCF killer tonight. He was the only guy really doing anything to hurt this UCF defense. The one long touchdown, I was shocked that they let him just get wide open. Like nobody, nobody saw it coming, which was surprising. Um, but if you really look, I mean, 6 of 14 on third down. Again, want to cut that a little bit less, but not too bad. Um, their time of possession was 31 minutes. So, I mean, pretty even. Uh, rushing yards, they ran all over. Uh, 201 yards. That's the one thing that's a little concerning. Uh, two passing touchdowns. Besides that, again, the big thing that we can take away is Taylor Green left. Um, which I don't think, if I'm Boise State and you're, if you're making that excuse, I don't think Taylor Green makes a difference in this game. To be completely honest, I think UCF was kind of had Boise figured out. Uh, they weren't really allowing much after that one touchdown. But I really want to talk about the rushing. Uh, the rushing yards do, do concern me. Uh, the way that Boise was kind of just imposing their will, running the football over UCF. I think the scheme, I think it is a scheme thing. It definitely looks a little different. In my opinion, the linebackers look, I don't want to say slow. Jason Johnson does not look the same, in my opinion, which is a little concerning. I think towards, in the second half, the defensive line really imposed their will in a lot of moments. But against some of these Big 12 running backs, there's no way that you can allow kind of the yardage that they did tonight. Uh, it, It can't happen. But I will say corners played good tonight. I really liked the way the corners played. Um, you know, my my favorite player on UCF, obviously, uh, Corey Thornton, you know, played really well tonight. I've always been a big fan of him, as you all know. Um, and I've never said a bad word about Corey Thornton. Don't you? Um, no, 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 liar. no, 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 um, let, let, so, no, no, I'm not letting this one slide. I, I texted you in the chat earlier tonight and I said, look at funny. that, Sean, Corey Thornton interception. Look at that. And what was your, what was your comment? It wasn't, well, if I'll say it on the pod, I don't care. Josh Seliscar made that play. Corey Thornton got a, a gift well, because Josh Seliscar blew up the play. Yeah, well, that's how defense works, Sean. Well, and, and uh, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is Josh Seliscar blew up that play and got and gave basically handed Corey Thornton that interception, practically. Um, Josh Seliscar was my player of the game uh, on defense. I mean, blew up a lot of plays um, for uh, Boise where they couldn't really do anything. And I think the defense as a whole was solid. It's just making sure you're stopping the run. That's the most important thing for UCF. But I am a little bit more confident in the secondary. But again, it's week two. Who the hell knows? And again, you're playing against a quarterback that can't really throw as well as the quarterbacks we're going to see. Nick, kind of give your overall take on the defense. I was impressed with the defense. I get people are going to hyper harp on the ending where they give up a touchdown to a backup quarterback. But at the end of the day, they weren't giving up anything. And the offense wasn't really helping out the defense too much. So kind of give your take, overall take on Addison Williams' defense tonight. I thought the defense was incredible. I I, I don't get the criticisms either. 
what more did you want from them tonight? I have no idea. The game was 10 to 9 in the fourth quarter. At home. At at, at Boise. At their their place. 21-year winning streak, first game of the season, yada, 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 Bluefield, blah. Like, they did everything you were asked to do. Yes, did it bother me that when the game really mattered and it's like, okay, we need one more stop, and then all of a sudden, uh, what is it, Maddox Madsen? Right. It's just coming in there. <laughs> and it's like the first couple of throws he made. I was like, I was like, OK, we're good. Like I was like, literally, Do you know, it's funny. It. I literally said to my girlfriend because we're sitting there watching. I said, though, my worst nightmare is this kid is Johnny Menzel. 510 is Johnny Menzel. And he's yeah, just the back. Like, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And then I saw the first couple throws and I was like, mm, yeah, no, he ain't. No. That. So I knew right away it was probably just going to be the Ash, the Ashton Jensen show after he got in there kind of already was to be honest but especially after he got in there and i'm just like okay we all we gotta do is score one touchdown okay they're no threat to throw the ball especially over the top right you just got to cover the intermediate and then of course on that last drive what happens lose you just you lose a guy in open space he makes a really really good time throw give him credit there that was a big time throw especially with the ref in the way it kind of looked a little weird uh, but, yeah. So give Maddox, get Maddox, and also he got the first down on the fourth down, where it looks like the guy. They, yeah, he trucked a guy. It looked like we had him going backwards, and he just pulled something out of out of his ass. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even know. Like if you were asking me like a standout, you mentioned Josh Salazar. I mean, he's he's like the heartbeat of that defense. It feels like it's just like you can depend on him more than any other player on that defense, game in and game out. But I I, I truthfully couldn't even tell you like the biggest standout. I thought as a collective unit. They did their job. Uh, a little leaky in the run game, especially early on. That's the one thing I will say. It felt like Genty and some of these other guys were getting to the second level a little too easy for my liking. And we talked about that in the pregame, about the defensive line and you know holding contain on the edges and, and, and inside as well. And we didn't see that tonight. So there's definitely some areas to improve. But uh, through two weeks, to only give up, if my math is correct, uh, what is it, 22 points? That's it? I mean, what else do you want? What else do you want from your UCF defense? And this is a school, by the way, that's never been big on defense. And I think we could all sit here right now. The defense is what's going to win them games when we get into Big 12 conference play, in my opinion. That's that's how good I think of the defense right now. Not perfect by any means, but definitely I think a, a big improvement over what we've seen from this program historically. Yeah, and and I was very pleased. Um, I do think on that last drive, ultimately, because I think some there were questions of like, what do you what do you think happened on that last drive? I think it was ultimately taking adv- trying to take advantage of a redshirt freshman quarterback and getting a little too confident, getting a little too confident and saying, because I think it looked a lot like Travis Williams' defense at the end there. Not gonna lie, it was yeah. let's send out blitzes, let's try and, and take advantage did, and because he's home. not. They got home like maybe once or twice, maybe. I think the entire no, game, and, yep. and after that, really nothing. No, and that's, again, that's a little concerning. I do want a little bit more pressure. I I think, again, with how all the hype surrounding this defensive line, you would like to see kind of, and, and I will say, like, at the end of the day, Taylor Green kind of got hurt because he was getting forced out of the pocket and kind of forced to do some things he maybe didn't want to do in that moment. But again, for as hyped as this defensive line is, you kind of have to impose your will, especially on that last drive. But again, I think the stuff that was being called was, you know, a, a lot of blitzing, a lot of just like saying, okay, it's fourth and two, we're just going to send them all. Uh, and I think 
it worked in Boise's favor because they knew what you were going to do. They knew in your head, you're saying it's a red shirt freshman quarterback who has not played and it's a fourth and two. So I didn't love that, but I also got it and I understand it. And I can't blame the defense, even though, and guess what? If we would have lost the game, I wasn't going to blame the defense either. Like, I'm not going to blame the defense for giving up that last touchdown when they played exceptional all game. Ben don't break, and they didn't even bend too much. Like, how many times was Boise in the red zone? Twice? Like, Boise did not get... How many times were they in UCF territory? I mean, there was a lot of times they kicked... They punted from their side of the end... Or from their side of the end zone. So, it's like, the the defense played exceptional. I really like them. You are right, Nick. The running, the it did look leaky. Like, they... Genty ran all over this defense. And we are so lucky Halani did not play. Because if he would have played too... I mean, because Gentry really had to play the entire game without taking a break. Um, I just read this because I'm going through Twitter because I wanted to f- see if I could find some tweets about the UCF defense because I did see a lot of saying this defense is was not good tonight. Um, like saying the UCF or defense got lucky, uh, and when it came down to get a stop at the end, they were completely soft. I don't agree with that assessment. I think again, they played exceptionally hard for the entire game. Uh, and at the end, they yeah, they didn't make the play when it mattered. But at the same time, I think everything worked out perfectly to where UCF had enough time. And luckily, our offense was kind of able to move the ball all night. So it, it wasn't shocking. Um, I will say, because I didn't even... I looked up... Somebody, a Boise State fan tweeted, Washington had 568 yards of offense. UCF had 530. Like, if that doesn't tell you the story of the game, the story of the game is UCF did exactly what Washington did. They just didn't finish when it mattered. Like, you're, we can look at it as an 18-16 to 16 game because that's what it was. But UCF offensively, for everybody talking crap about the play calling, for everybody calling and saying Gus is still calling plays and Darren Henshaw is the same... UCF had 530 yards of offense. I don't know what anybody's talking about. At the end of the day, you score in the red zone, you blow the team out. Like, and even Boise fans are saying, Boise's defense didn't do anything against UCF. UCF beat UCF. So, it's confusing to me. I know we're talking about the defense, but that, so I didn't understand. I didn't think, I thought, like, I know we had 530 yards of offense, but I'm like, we basically had the same number as Washington. Washington just... More composed clearly when it comes to scoring drives, but yeah, so not too bad. Um, I'm gonna read a couple more tweets just because I've you know, I probably should have read these before I say it on our air, but um, I'm so sick of watching defenses give up 500 yards a game. Was there any doubt UCF was gonna drive down the field into field goal range? I mean, yeah, and that was for Boise. Some of these are just Boise fans, um, not too shocking, but also just with ever it was a weird game with anything going on tonight. You know, it wasn't a shocker. Um, In other news, can the defense stop UCF? That was right before the drive. Um, I'm going to read off the other uh, comment to my tweet before we kind of kind of get out of here. At Prime Night, Primal Night UCF. How hurt is JRP? Is it bad? Uh, Is it bad? We see a full game with Timmy next week versus Villanova. He's got three questions, so we can kind of talk about that. I don't think it's bad if we see Timmy against Villanova. At the end of the day, we know Villanova's a blowout. So it, it has no matter on the game next week. I think, if anything, it's good to get Timmy reps. 
uh, and see kind of what it's going to be like if, God forbid, John Rice is out. Because at the end of the day, you got, you know, Kansas State a week after Villanova. And if John Rice does not play that game, Timmy's going to need the rep anyway. So not saying, again, I do. I hope John Rice is not out for a long period of time. I hope he's healthy and I hope that he's okay. That's all we care about at this point. But if he is out, then this is good for Timmy. Um, if we lose JRP long-term, should we have let Keen or TC walk? Um, I'm going to answer and then I'll open up the floor to you guys. Again, you can't force anybody to stay here. Uh, Mikey Keen was gone the second John Rice was named the starter, first of all. Uh, he left even before the bowl game. Second, Thomas Castellanos, none of us know the actual answer of why he left, but I'm going to be honest, he, seeing him at Boston College today, uh, if you just look up Thomas Castellanos and see some of the gestures he makes to the opposing team, I'm not you know, crying or losing sleep over uh, him not being on the Knights. Uh, he played good today, but at the end of the day, don't really want that on my team. Uh, do you guys have any thought on that? Again, I, you can't force a player to stay. So I don't, I'm not really at the end of the day, you have Timmy McClain as your backup and Dylan risk. That's ultimately that in Mikey King wasn't going to stay to be a backup to John Rice Plumley. It it seems a little like, you know, hindsight 2020 type deal. Like, Oh, what if we had Mikey King or Tommy Castellanos, you know, we'd feel better. I mean, you don't plan on injuries happening. You just can't you can't coach that way. You can't run a program that way. That goes for all sports, not just college football. Um, y'all know how I feel about Mikey Keene. Uh, I think, I mean, without going on a whole spiel about it, I think he's a, a really good passer. I think he's a better, a more gifted passer than than John Rise. But we know the reason why John Rise is here. All right, he runs Gus's system. He's the unquestioned leader of the team. Yada yada yada. And listen, if if if, some, if this ends up John Rice has to miss time, y'all also know that I'm very high on Timmy McLean. That I think he can go in there. And I, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like I want John Rice Plumley out there because I think he probably gives you the best chance to win. But if we have to go to Timmy McLean, even if it's just a Villanova game, if it's something that's short term, I'm excited to see Timmy McLean in there. I really am. Uh, like I said, I've watched, I watched every snap of his at that year at USF. I think there's something there. We saw him in garbage time against Kent State is what it is. But I think they can win some games with Timmy McLean. I don't know what the ceiling is, but I think they can win some games. So regardless of what happens, I think they're going to be okay. And I don't think it changes much my feeling of the team. Yeah, it doesn't change my feeling, I guess. Again, I hope he's okay. If anything, you know, I definitely... I'll say this. I hope John Rice doesn't play next week. I don't care if he's injured or not. There's no point throwing him out there against Villanova. Uh, But I do, I am, I would be excited to see Timmy and what he could do. But at the end of the day, this kind of leads into the next question. But uh, you need John Rice out there. Uh, If we go 3-0 after next week, what chance do we have in the Big 12? The Big 12 looks suspect this year. Uh, We will have no chance of John, uh, I'm not going to say that. Because I, I have to see Timmy McClain play. UCF, his, their chance this year really depends on how good John, how healthy John Rice is and if John Rice is playing. And also, how good is John Rice playing in those games? We've always said this team is talented enough, but at the end of the day, it's how good your quarterback is. And I think tonight John Rice proved that. You are right. The Big 12 has kind of looked winnable, uh, to say the least. <laughs> All over the place. It's you. You don't. I think I don't know if Houston ended up winning or losing. I know they're down twenty-one nothing to Rice, but like again, 
Um, Texas Tech looked really good against Oregon. They kind of let it slip away at the end, but they looked really good against a ranked opponent. So, yes, you are correct. Like, the Big 12 does look winnable in certain moments. But I will say this. UCF, after watching this game, if you are looking towards winning the Big 12, I think there needs to be a step back. Texas just beat Alabama. I was going to say, look at what Texas just did. I mean, let's, (laughs) let's like, make sure we can score in the red zone before we start thinking uh, Big 12 championship. I mean, uh... But, yeah, can we just say this, though? We talked about this on the pod last week, Sean. Like, the goal was always win the first three games and let's go from there. And as far and we're as we're going to do that, as far as I'm concerned, 3 0 is all but guaranteed. And so, yeah. did we get there the way we thought? Did I think this game was going to go like this? No. But listen, they did it. They did it. And as, Sean, as Rob said, what I told y'all, I think the last three UCF teams, in fact, I know because I saw games like this, like Louisville, like Navy, like East Carolina, and so on. I saw them lose this game, and it didn't happen tonight. That's To me, that's progress. I'm, I mean, I, this, I told you from the beginning, first year in the Big 12, I'm just looking for positive momentum, you know, take some good things. And I got that tonight. You have 3-0 is in sight, and then you just need three wins to be bowl eligible. That's how I look at it. Literally, and that's, we said, win the first three, and then all you have to do is win three more. And I know some, again, we're going to get comments saying, oh, look at you only, like, six wins again. No, I said eight and four. I'm sticking to that. What what Nick is saying is at the end of the day, this is a major win. Texas Tech is 0-2. Like, Uh, they are now at an Baylor's 0-2. Baylor's 0-2. Baylor looked good today. Baylor looked really good today. So, for all of the night fans that are like, you know, I get how you're feeling. I am, it is much better to be feeling this after a win than like last year where we had to come on a podcast after getting losing to Louisville at home being like, what is this team? We know next week's a dub. I'm not gonna, you know, I, you know, no disrespect to Louisville or to Villanova. Next week is a W. So unless something crazy happens, like Timmy McLean is the worst quarterback in college football or rj harvey has to play quarterback, which i think is your okay i think the staff is okay with that actually I honestly okay. they clearly want it i think they love that so it's like might as well throw him out there but yeah, let's try it but no at the end of the day guys like this is a positive ucf got the win let's quickly do our nights up night down because i feel like we just got to keep doing that even though again this has been a i can't think anymore guys if this pod was all over the place it was for us too, probably for me editing this as well, because it is a everything tonight is weird. Thank God we have NFL tomorrow, and I'm going to drink a lot tomorrow. Um, let's just, we're not going to get into it too much. We'll just give our night up. My night up is, oh, I forgot what I said. I forgot who I had my night up. Oh, John Rice Plumley. I'll have John Rice Plumley. Again, exceptional play. Um, did outstanding. Uh, everybody put your prayers down for JRP down below. Um, I hope he's okay. I hope it is nothing serious. And I hope we can see this man play football because at the end of the day, he is electric as a football player. And clearly announcers love to discuss him when UCF is playing because he is one of the most electric players in college football. At the end of the day, we just want him to be healthy. So please put your prayers down below. But my night up is John Rice Plumley. Uh, Rob, who is your night up? Hey, let's make it two weeks in a row. Josh Selisgar, arguably the best guy on the defense tonight, continues to be a leader on that defensive line and in that entire decor. Um, forces uh, 
I mean, that seven total tackles, forces an interception. That was absolutely beautiful. Just absolutely destroyed that running back and forced the quarterback to make a bad throw, turns into an interception. Uh, that was a, I don't want to say a game changer, but definitely helps UCF, uh, you know, UCF, the UCF def- defense get off the field when it's when they're still down 10 to 9, uh, gets the offense back on the field. And, I mean, that was just a beautiful, beautiful play by Selescar. This guy is just... Week in week out, I my my love for him on this UCF team grows. He is easily probably my favorite player on the team. He's just incredible. I'm calling it now. He'll be drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. Uh, Nick Geddes, uh, who's your night up? Uh, I mean, toss. It's Mr. Boom. I think I'll just leave it there. Yep. Unless you want to go into a 20 minute specialist talk, I mean, we we could do that too. No, we can, we should do a special though. We should do a special. We just should. Bill, just Bill Belichick did it in that press conference. I know he did. If Colton Boomer wants to come on, I mean, we'd be happy to. Yeah, we'd be happy to talk. You could, could do a special on on Colton Let's Boomer, and I'll, I'll expound, but I'll just leave it at that. Boom. Yeah. Uh, my night down, Johnny Richardson again. Uh, it's same thing with Corey Thornton, like up and down. Like the, you, you have really high highs and then really low lows. I think. Ultimately, some of the costly things that were happening in this game were due to Johnny Richardson and some of his decision-making when it came to hitting certain holes. Um, I love Johnny. Uh, I think he brings a different level to this offense when he is out there because, again, his speed alone creates problems for the defense. But again, he needs to learn where to go with the football. Uh, He tries, again, my problem is he tries to break it every single time for a touchdown. And that's great, but you have to be fundamental first. And Darren Hinshaw has brought this up. That's why I keep mentioning it, because he brought it up in pressers, saying, Johnny, we need to teach Johnny where to go with the gaps, where which gap to hit. Um, and he did not do that tonight. So hopefully he can clean it up, because uh, we're going to need him. Uh, he, again, is too electric in the Big 12 to not be out on the field, uh, and hopefully he can clean that up. Uh, Rob, who's your night up? Or night down? Golly. <laughs> It's that uh, night, night dude. Down. Oh, yeah, it's that kind of night. Uh, I would say Javon Baker. I don't think overall he had a horrible game. Again, that 50-50 catch, I thought he looked. I mean, that was incredible. Uh, that's exactly why you have a guy like that, so he can get you a big down. But I, just that, that that end zone catch was just unforgivable and really told the tale of this game where even your best receivers are just bobbling the ball everywhere and it's leading to an interception. That was just... Awful, awful, and it was it was perfectly placed by JRP too. Like I know you could early on in the game, especially that first drive UCF had, they had that you know big run by uh, or that big catch um, to start the game by Kobe Hudson, and then it leads to an interception at the goal line where JRP kind of throws it a little bit high. You can argue. You know, should have been caught, but you know we had some criticisms early on of JRP throwing it a little bit too high, didn't look too comfortable. But once he settled in, again, there's no excuse for the wide receiver to make that. And again, I don't think he was horrible overall. I think he had a decent game, but just yeah, that was unforgivable, unforgivable when when you need a touchdown. Nick, who's your night down? Mine's more of a theme than a player. Um, red zone play calling. Pretty self-explanatory because that's what shot UCF in the foot. Um, I did not know that stat until uh, the uh, the color guy put it out there uh, that UCF had the most turnovers in the red zone last year, and then you had two egregious ones tonight that just like you said, Sean. If you if you just convert in the red zone, this game really isn't close. And we come on this pod, and there's a lot of good to talk about. In all honesty, I mean, they still at one point they were averaging like I think almost ten yards a pop. 
on offense and they were just still not scoring any points. So, and it just came down to the the inability to push it in and put it in, in the red zone. It's just, it's that simple. And the trick play all the way down to the two point conversion at the end where RJ Harvey is, we're trying to throw passes with him. Um, Mind boggling, (laughs) mind boggling. I don't know where that play is in the playbook, but just go ahead. And if it's a piece of paper, just rip it out and throw it away. Yeah, I think I, a reason why my voice is this low uh, is because they took R.J. Harvey out. We were on like the five. They took R.J. Harvey out, put in Johnny, and I'm like, what are we doing? Just run it with R.J. Harvey up the gut. They run with Johnny. They get no gain because it went, again, not north to south or south to north. So I'm like, we're just going sideways or sideways. Um, and they put RJ right back in. And of course, on the next play, scores a touchdown. So what a game. Um, I'm going to take a long, long, long nap. I'm going to bed. Uh, I'm sorry if this pod was not what you're used to. Honestly, mind-wise, not all there. Uh, this was a crazy this game. game fried our brain. Honestly, yes. I, I've <laughs> aged. Uh, and we won, which is good. But yeah, this was not not it for me. Let's not do the like I, the cardiac nights. I hate the cardiac nights. The cardiac nights are the worst thing in my life ever. Uh, so I'm done. I'm done with uh, the cardiac nights. If we can just if you're going to like I know UCF fans again, I'd rather have a blowout. At, at least then I could just start drinking. And then it's like it takes all the, the sadness out of it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to ask your guys thoughts. We've gone too much into this. Uh Guys, it's a win. A win's a win. The boys will clean it up. At the end of the day, you cannot. This is two games in. We're about to be three games in next week. You clean up the red zone offense, and this team's special. I don't care what you say. Now, granted, a lot of work to be done in that area. No questions asked. A lot needs to be answered. A lot needs to be cleaned up. Because at the end of the day, this should have been a 30-point blowout. No ifs, ands, or buts. We don't know about John Rice Plumley. Hopefully, he's okay. Like I said, prayers to John Rice, and hopefully everything is okay because it did not look good. But at the end of the day, this team, you can tell they have grit. They know how to move the ball on offense. They are stout on defense, and they have hell of a hell of a lot of good coaches that are calling plays and are behind the line. So there's nothing to worry about if you're a UCF. If you can just score the ball when you get into the red zone, well, I think UCF will be okay. All right, guys, have a good week. Uh, this is Monday. We've got a long time until Saturday, but a lot less stressful week this week because it's Villanova. Uh, I hope I'm not biting myself in the foot or shooting myself in the foot by cont- basically saying it's a it's an easy dub. All right, guys, this has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.